G'day, boys. <laughs> Lockdown blitz. I'm so happy that you boys could make it for the weekend. Um, short notice, but we just couldn't resist doing something for our, um, what, what do we call it, our avid audience. How are you, Shano? Mate, I'm excited. We've had a, had a great day. Watched some quality football so far, some races. You're finally back to winner. We're back in our burrows again. Um, life couldn't get any better. Except, I can hear Except that little fella. Where I can, is he? I can hear some plastic rustling in the background, and I think they could be a, a packet of snakes. Has he joined um, us? Tex, are you there, Tex? Uh, I'm here. Do you have me, boys? Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> Mate, I can't believe that your, um, your wood shopping this morning didn't cut through the NBN line because it took you ages to get, get into this because we're doing this remotely. Well, you're certainly not related to the O'Toole's turtle. <laughs> so it's taking him a while to get through that wood. I've had a rough day, mate. My footy team and Melbourne Victory have kicked the same amount of goals and I've bogged the mower. So I'm, in, I'm in under some duress. <laughs> well, I'm more worried about the fact that the, the aftershock of the COVID shot, mate. I know you, um, you went in to see the doctor yesterday and you actually had the, um, the shot. So are you okay, mate? Uh, can I say that was seamless? I headed into Ascot Vale there to the old showgrounds and I took my number, got in the queue, and um, I feel great today. I'd encourage everybody to do it, show some responsibility and get the Pfizer jab. Well, wow. uh, when, oh, well, good stuff, mate. And when did you do that yesterday, mate? You accidentally were heading off to Flemington, you ended up at the showgrounds? No, I got there at about four o'clock and I think I got the jab at about, uh, actually I got the jab at 6.20 and um, yeah, it was really seamless. If people can't line up for a couple of hours to get what we're being asked to get to protect us from this, then I, I don't know what all the fuss is about, honestly. So do you, have to, leader, book, do you have to book in, mate, or you just, just rock up? Um, you, well, I just rocked up. So there's a... The, the, you know, for all the negative press you hear, there's a website that um, you can log on to and it says this is where the wait times are based on all the locations for walk-ins. So Ascot Vale wasn't the closest location to me, but it had the shortest wait time. So okay. I headed in there and away we went. I think they're at Sandown Park racetrack, uh, not far from myself. So uh, I might chase, chase it up, mate. Well, I'd struggle to remain focused if I walked through onto the course proper at Sandown, mate. Mm. Hey, um, well, I'll tell you one other thing that popped up in the media this week, just veering completely away from COVID onto something more lighthearted, was um, standing in the queue and just lining up and going for a walk. I thought I'd go for a walk around the um, the botanical gardens there, mate, and who should I run into but um, Bucks and his, um, and his new missus. Did you see her photo in the, um, in the paper, the two of them going for a walk yesterday? Oh, sorry, the other day, Tex? Uh, I did, and, and all I'd say to Nathan, it's a bit like driving a vehicle. Clearly, he's upgraded. He's <laughs> got a few extras. <laughs> I think he's brought the top of the range, hasn't he? Yes. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Well, uh, he's, tracking, he's tracking better in that department than what his team's going, mate. So, um, Two and thanks. nine. Two and nine. Oh, no, no. But what about today, mate? There were one goal 15 at the 20-minute mark of the last quarter. They've scored four or five goals in the last 10 minutes to, to make it look like it was a close game. But um, you've never seen a game that a team's been more out of it than that one today. Oh, it was appalling. I didn't see the first quarter. I was getting texts from mates and uh, said, no, I'm watching the NBA. And um, I turned it over and thought, why watch that? I might as well watch the races and watch... Uh, Brisbane Lions destroy GWS. Now, we were going to do uh, – we were going to have this week off because we've got uh, a guest coming on on next week's um, episode. But because of everything going on and being locked up, we thought, well, why not? And, and so we, we thought we'd do something a little bit different this week and and run with the um, the top ten things to talk about. Um, and and so we've got a whole, whole heap to do about that. But um, – there are people uh, who were aware of what we were doing today and very keen um, to tweet tweet with us this afternoon. And, and so, Shane, if they wanted to do that, where would they go? At the Coach and Tex. Good to see there's no time delay um, <laughs> using the data that we're relying on this afternoon. All right. Um, shall we get into it, boys? Yeah, I'd love to. Let's go. Now, 
there, there, there are 10 things we're going to talk about today, lads, that we wanted to fully emphasise, get around, have a bit of a chat about. But we, we have to start with COVID. Um, it, it's, it's made a bigger comeback than Lazarus, mate. What's going on, Tex? You're, um, you're the um, COVID, local COVID expert. Well, it's it's hysteria gone mad. Why would we be um, shutting down schools but letting the construction industry go on? Why would there be players allowed to play AFL footy with no masks yet our coaches have to go on the ground wearing masks when they're being tested negative just like the players have? None of it makes sense. None of it. What about you, master coach? It doesn't make it. It looks silly. It looks ridiculous. Um, you know, are they? Are we in bubbles, as in the AFL? Are they in bubbles, but not being in Queensland? Like they didn't have masks on in Queensland. So why, why are they having masks on now? They're all together. They train together. They do everything together. I, I don't get it, and it confuses the public. Where's the standards? Why is why is a set of rules for some uh, and not for others? Well. So, I'll- let me say this, Shane. Let me say this to help you out. The Victorian public are confused. No other public's confused. The Victorian well, public is confused. That's who I was referring to. They're a pack of I wasn't, I wasn't talking to... Uh, I wasn't referring to any other state. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable, mate. And I can't believe the hysteria around blaming the quarantine system out of South Australia. Um, the first thing that people want to jump on social media and, and tell everybody is that um, here we are, um, supposedly... Uh, infected because some blokes come out of quarantine in South Australia um, incorrectly and then they're the first state to shut us down in terms of allowing us to go back in there. Why wouldn't you shut us down, mate? We're the most undisciplined, um, can't follow the rule state. It is a, a fucking disgrace. Um, it almost uh, became a, a little <laughs> episode of, of Turtle Tyrade. Uh, this is a Turtle Tyrade, mate, coming to you live, live from my own personal hub. Uh, I, I took the dog for a walk with the, the lovely Mrs. Turtle this morning. We went to the local grocery store. She scanned in um, the QR code. And then I proceeded to watch for 10 minutes, 20 people go into the store without scanning their QR code. No one from amongst the store staff worrying about checking whether anybody had scanned their QR code or not. Let me guess. Was that, Woolworths? was that Woolworths? It was, Collie, it was a Coles Express, mate. In downtown Hawthorne, mate. Um, I'm surprised there wasn't a Karen from Brighton popping over to um to have a look and a and a wave. Yes, Tex. Uh, well, you should share your. You've travelled a bit. You've travelled more than Shane and I have over the last month or so. It's it's apparently the difference between in behaviours between Victorians and say Queenslanders and New South Wales when it comes to the QA, Q, Q, R, R codes. Codes. Thank you. Um, is significant, isn't it? Hundred percent. So, I've I've got as you know, I was in Queensland last Friday, um, doing some live crosses. And every uh, basically, when I moved from one spot to another spot, you basically had to enter um, into. I think it was Ser- uh, Service Queensland. It was an app that you had to download as soon as you basically got there. So checked into the hotel, QR code. Went to the conference room area where we had meetings on, new QR code. Went to go and get a coffee from the, the bar, new QR code. Had breakfast the next morning. They wouldn't let me go and get the breakfast until um, the QR code was presented that I checked in. Uh, no problem. Get into the taxi, QR code. Um, nothing like that anyway. In fact, the last time I was in a cab or an Uber in Melbourne, the, um, the, my work companion was able to get in without a, a face mask. No issues. Yeah, I think people's I mean, concept of compliance is I'll put the QR code up on my store, the front door, and that's it. There's no overseeing. There's no forced compliance for people to come in. It's, it's just ridiculous. No good. No good. So, And then, then we've got blokes who are, like you said, putting on face masks after sweating and running around with one another. Then they put them on while they sing the song. I mean, it makes no sense. I saw the coaches out on the ground last night at Marvel Stadium yeah. wearing masks. How are they going to be talking to players behind a face mask? Do you know what our actual percentage of full vaccination is in Australia at the moment? No. It's 2% Australia. 
there's two percent are fully vaccinated, meaning they've gone through both shots. About right, so, five hundred thousand people. That's it. Like, yeah, what are we? Twenty twenty-five million. What's 25 million. population? Yeah. So um, if you go, there's a, apparently there's a, a a table that you can get on online that shows pretty much by the day what percentage of the population is fully vaccinated. So the US. So I don't know. During the week, um, I was watching um, an NBA game. Uh, Madison Square Garden, packed that are rafters almost. Um, now, the US apparently already, already 40% of their population has been fully vaccinated. So apparently... I read that. Yeah. I, I read that this morning, and European countries are up around 20% as well. Italy, yeah, Germany, yeah, Spain. Yeah, yeah. The states are incentivised uh, people to get vaccinated by potentially winning $1 million if you're the lucky... Vaccinatee, is that what, if that's how you refer to it as? So uh, somebody's pretty happy. Some family's pretty happy. No, they just want a million dollars. And there's a few of them offered up too. Do we and, do something like that here in Australia? And who's going to stick up their hand and congratulate Trump for getting all of this ready? But no, Sleepy Joe will get all the credit. But it was Donald who actually laid the foundations for this to happen. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Did you, did you fall over today and hit your head, Troy? Fact check that he did. Yeah, did I'll give you a fact check, mate. Did nothing. Right. Now, uh, this probably coincides into point number two. And does this mean now that we're likely to see hubs or mini hubs for a period of time? Because I, I can't. Uh, the Bulldogs are due to play Fremantle in Perth um, next, next week. week. Yep. I, I can't see how that game's going ahead. There's a, a Melbourne Brisbane game meant to be in Darwin, so they've already shut. Gold Coast and Sydney up and playing this weekend's game there. So those games can't play there. Um, well, do they but... get retested again? Because the doggies got tested this week. Um, do they get retested, everyone, before they can go over to uh, Perth? I would, I, I'm assuming the regime of testing has been amped up again now, similar to what would have been happening last year when they were in the hubs and all that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, I'm not too sure how it's going to play out. I mean, there's no way Richmond and Essendon are playing Dreamtime next Saturday in Melbourne. Um, well, sounds like they're playing that in Perth. I think the other thing I'm thinking of is like, is our lockdown only going to be till next Thursday, midnight? Or are we thinking it's going to go longer? So has the AFL got information from the government that's different to what they provide to us Victorian uh, people and start playing ahead? Well, yeah, let's send them over to, as in the dogs go over to Perth, but from there, you're going to Queensland again. You're going to have a month or so up there because Victoria's going to be locked down for a lot longer than one week. Well, I don't, we may not be locked down. What might happen is the same thing as what happened after the last snap lockdown, right, where we came out of the actual lockdown, but there were still certain restrictions, you know, about mm. um, what you could or couldn't do, um, what places couldn't or couldn't open and that sort of stuff. So I think the problem is now is that, I mean, even if you want to travel for business for argument's sake, we're not going to be able to do anything like that for 14 days from for 14 days after the last person has um, um, who's been infected um, or has infected somebody. I think that's how it works. Has um, has actually gone past. So let's just say, apparently there were five new cases today. Um, yeah. There were four yesterday. So so I'm not too sure that um, it's going to. Um, a, the lockdown will end necessarily next week. And if it does, then it'll probably be, you know, face masks on everywhere. You, pubs and restaurants still won't be open. You might be able to go back to work. Schools might open up and that's about it um, for another week or two. Um, surely, so the Bulldogs are definitely going to Perth. Did you suggest before they may not go? No, no, that's where the next game is. I, I'm yeah. not sure. How can they go? The, the, the border's closed. So no, they're, no, they're going to have to get a special exemption. I've done my research. I just heard Luke Beveridge mm. on radio. They're going to Perth tomorrow. Um, they'll get tested when they are there, and then they'll play the game in Perth on Sunday. And he says they're leaving Perth straight after the game on Sunday. Now, he didn't say where they're going, but that's what they got told this morning. Well, they don't play until next Sunday, so why are they going tomorrow? Well, I guess to get time to get over there, to be tested, to do whatever, but they're definitely going tomorrow. And I'm not sure we need hubs. If, if we have five, ten cases a day, then surely a common sense approach is every player has to be tested and, and has to be tested negative to be able to partake in a game, rule number one. And then um, 
if you are negative, just play. And if that means no crowds or that means reduced crowds, then that's okay. I'm not sure we need hubs. Just make sure the players are negative before they enter across borders. Simple. Shane? Oh, I agree. It should apply to everyone that's moving from state to state or coming from the from another country into Australia at the moment. Should be part yeah. of their, their interstate or international passport. Well, what's going to happen, though, is they're all going to be restricted to their homes or whatever else compared to everybody else, the players, right? So are, you going to, are there going to be different training restrictions for clubs that remain in Melbourne or are they going to be able to do exactly what's happening in the other states? Because I think that they're taking a different approach. Last year, even though you might have been in a state that had less um, infections, um, all clubs were only allowed to do stuff in groups of nine or whatever it was. Remember that when they did that at the start of it last year? So yeah. they tried to keep it as equal as possible. Now, if you just happen to be in a state where you can't train or whatever else, sort of like bad luck, that's, what, that's your lot this year. So can I, can I ask, they're under the same rules as us in the sense that one person per household uh, to the shops each day to get necessities, milk, bread, whatever. Uh, well, exercise is different, obviously, for them. Uh, going to the doctors, which they don't need to because they have doctors at hand at the clubs. So what's what's the difference here? Like, what, how are they different to us? They're not. So they're just allowed to play their sport. Uh, that they aren't any different. And that's why no. my solution would be go back to how it was when you were playing, Shane, and just say to the, to the Victorian clubs, you're going to train Tuesday and Thursday. That's mandatory. That, that is your block. You're training Tuesday and Thursday, and you're going to be COVID tested Monday and Wednesday, and you've got to get a negative test to be able to train. If you, if you aren't proved to be negative, we don't want you at the club. And then just roll it that way. Tuesday, Thursday, train, play as per the um, schedule. You've just got to be proved to be negative. There's nothing what, wrong with club what, negative. What happens, though, if they're not? If they so just one, one negative, yeah, so they're all negative. See, they were going to they were going to cancel the game last night because that Melbourne bloke had been to potentially been to one of the exposure sites. So I'm thinking, well, bad luck, mate. You chose to go to the exposure site. You you get test you you test um, positive for COVID. Then you start, and then what they should do is just test the other players, and if they're okay, they keep playing. You're just one down. Why should the whole game be postponed because the Bulldogs players did the right thing? Well, as professional sports people, I think they should do whatever's asked of them to ensure they are negative. But to your point, if we're all playing together and I test positive, um, then it's going to affect the whole team. But you don't allow it to happen because you don't allow us to, to get together if unless we're negative. So before training, we turn up and we train together. Before game, we turn up and we play together. We don't need hubs. Well, I, I don't know. I think the... The country, so exclude Victoria from that for a moment, but the country seems to be managing the the process pretty well. So maybe you get the Victorian clubs out of Victoria again for a period. I don't think it's going to be um, for as long a term as it was last time because um, if this thing gets back under control again, um, and you'd like to think that it is because the tracing's a little bit better this time than, than was last time, and if the public and businesses can start behaving properly, then um, you'll be able to play again in Victoria. Um, but for the me- in the meantime, you're probably better off just shoving them all out of Victoria for, for a week or two. And there's the bye weeks coming up as well, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, do it. Put them into Queensland again for the next four or five weeks. As you said, there's a couple of bye rounds, so it may impact three or four games, but they're used to doing it. Just going to matter here. We're at risk at the moment. Because really, they, they go home or they go to the club and train. That's it. They can't go anywhere else. And that's well, a reasonable request on a professional sports person to say, stay at home or go to the club, you know, like go to work, that's your job. Stay yeah. at home or go to work. Or to your point, um, play next week however you can, pull forward the buy and then go to Queensland or Sydney again and, and maybe belt out three or four games quickly if you can and build yourself some time. Wouldn't it be nice if we could bring the season forward um, and perhaps even bring in a second buy if you wanted the week before the final. So all eight teams get a rest. You could, there's lots of things you can do, but I'm not sure we need hubs. Well, uh, there's only um, one person or one group of people that, that are going worse than the Victorian government around handling um, 
QR codes and contact tracing and all of that. And that's probably Michael Christian and Steve Hocking. How's that tribunal going, eh? I mean, my goodness, what what a what a disaster! How could Holman get two weeks for tackling Duncan? A perfect tackle. I I can't see that. I can't see why. I know he's 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 got concussion and he's had to go off the ground. But who, Chriso? Well, maybe Chris. He must maybe, have had concussion, mate. Maybe one of his horses that hit him in the head. Because um, I don't, you know, is but. Chris o will, will refer to Steve Hocking prior to making an assessment. He's sorry, Steve he makes Hawking's his assessment. He'll check with Steve and then they'll announce to the rest of the world that this is the decision made. Who did Holman tackle in that in that game, mate? Duncan. Oh, hello. Who does he play for? G Long. And who was um the current <laughs> AFL ops manager a footy manager for? He might have been number one for G Long. Mm. Hashtag conspiracy theory. You, you, two need, you, you two need to get busier. I don't think there's anything wrong with it because all Michael Christian is doing or, or Hocking are doing is putting it up to the tribunal. Whatever happens at the tribunal happens at the tribunal. It's been the same for 150 years. It's all over the place, mate. Well, let's just let's just assess every tackle. And if there's a bit of a... Well, then... Um, uh, what's his name? Reece Stanley today is in trouble for hitting uh, Grundy in the head and goes off with a neck injury. Doesn't come back on again. Well, he's going to have the electric cop two weeks then. Was it a neck injury or shoulder injury, Shane? Neck. I think he. Neck. I, I thought he slapped him in the face, but he's landed awkwardly and he grabbed his shoulder. They're saying neck injury. I'd say it's spasmed. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know that. I saw that incident. I don't think Reece Stanley's got anything to worry about. I know, and even, and even should Holman last week, but however, however he did, he got two weeks for it. But, oh, okay, so what about the the Plowman one? Are you comfortable with the way that ended up landing? I am. I, uh, I personally am, because I think he had an option. Yeah. He could have he could have gone for a, a spoil, um, done some, or if he put his arm out even, and then there was incidental contact. Um, it may may well have been a slightly different outcome, but he at the end he's just taken that last bit of um, self protection, turned his shoulder, and he's bumped O'Meara, and it happens to have um, had incidental head contact. So this whole thing of um, duty of care, um, Lockie Plowman's passed on it. Mind you, he's been for about the nine weeks before that he's passed on his duty of care to his teammates with the way he's been playing, but that's a whole different story. They have a tenth of a second to make decisions. Um, I, I think it's harsh. And then if that's the case of duty of care, then let's stop tackling people from behind then so we don't have a Holman-Duncan situation again then. I mean, it's just, it's getting ridiculous now. I heard Lee Matthews on radio about, um, the, so as the rules are written right now, Holman should have got off. But he his prediction is, is that going forward, if you tackle somebody and it ends up, in concussion, regardless of whether it was a fair tackle or whatever else, or it um, causes a head injury, uh, it will actually be paid a free kick against you. So that will end up being a free kick against Holman because it turned out that um, uh, Mitch Duncan got hurt. I mean, the person who's really at fault there is is Sean Higgins. Did you see the Oz kick Shepherd that he laid? <laughs> He's just handballed the ball onto to Duncan and then just put his arms out. Oh, no worries. Let's do the Macarena. And, um, Let's just take bumping uh, and tackling. <laughs> Let's just take bumping and tackling out of the game. Let's just put a little tag on the back of the oh. jumper. Unless you grab the tag, pull it off the jumper, then, yeah, you get the ball back. Oh. Ex-player ex a bit sensitive there, I suspect, so. Well, it's ridiculous. So you can't tackle. And if you tackle it correctly, but it hurts the other guy by accident, what's well, a free kick against you and you get two-week suspension. Seriously? Well, that's what happened with Marlon Pickett. Jesus. How does rugby league continue on then? Lucky the AFL don't control the uh, the uh, the rugby competition because there'd be no bumping or tackling in that comp either. True. Yeah. Right, mate, um, we seem to be talking around a lot of, lot of negatives and, and the, the next point is probably a, a negative parlaying into a positive, hopefully. But Friday Night Lights, mate, a bit too shiny for the Bulldogs last night. We don't normally get a chance to to review mid-round, but um, that's twice now they've been found out, the Bulldogs. Well, 
I mentioned a few weeks ago, they hadn't beaten anyone. They still haven't beaten anyone. Uh, and Melbourne were just too strong, too disciplined, and worked them over. Shut their game down, and they didn't have anything. Mm. They were fumbly, making skill errors. Uh, you don't see that. And that's because of the pressure that, that the Demons brought on that night. Their performance, their consistency over the year has been, um, at a high-level performance, has been great. It's been awesome. So it was great to see them from that club. So because if they'd have lost, a lot of people would have been on their way, on their, not on their wagon, absolutely bang and Simon Goodwin and everyone else. But I thought they were absolutely sensational. And again, the Doggies still haven't beat anyone. They beat the Lions in round four and they weren't travelling well at the time. Port Adelaide the other week over there, but they're not that good as we saw last week. Only with beating the Pies by a point. So they're still questionable for me, the Doggies, where they sit. Um, maybe they're the best of the rest, but certainly Melbourne are way above everyone else at the moment. But Brisbane Lions, they're coming hard as well. But let's talk about them later if we get time. But certainly a ripper, ripper performance by uh, the Melbourne Football Club last night. I, I agree. I reckon you're a bit harsh on the dogs. They've, um, they've dropped two games now for the year. Melbourne were fantastic, and they did exactly what you'd expect a top side to do coming off a loss. And, I, Shane, I couldn't believe their skills by foot. They were just magnificent, Melbourne. So, um, yeah, I think they'll both be in the top four. And, um, yeah, good on Melbourne. Turtle? I'm not sure. I'm not sure Bulldogs will make the top four, mate. They're in a good position to, but um, you've got two teams breathing down their neck who are going to be what eight and three after this weekend, right? So Brisbane, I think they've won their game by now, um, and then you've got um, t- tonight. Is it tonight? Port Adelaide are playing against um, Freo, or is that tomorrow? So they win that one. They're eight and three, uh, and Bulldogs are nine and two. So I yeah. think. They're a chance. Geelong are eight and three already as well. So, um, so there's five teams now really pushing real hard for those top four spots. The Dogs' next three games, sorry, Tex, um, they're on the road. So over to Perth to play the Dockers. I think they might have a bye next, I think, or maybe it's Geelong and Geelong. Maybe it's a bye. Geelong and Geelong, back over to Perth again and play the Eagles. So this will test them out. This will mm. test them out how they respond to Friday night's performance. It'll... Uh, uh, will be tested, I reckon. Well, West Coast, sorry, Troy, West Coast over there will, if you recall, they, they probably came closest to beating the Bulldogs in Melbourne um, really early in the season, that game yep. at, at Marvel, right? And and I think it'll be the same thing. It's big forward lines. Again, last night, uh, Melbourne's multi-dimensional forward line. If you can match them in the midfield, which Richmond did in the second half, um, and then you've got a couple of blokes who can take marks up forward. They're going to be under the pump, the Bulldogs. So it really is about whether you can match their midfield midfield um, depth. And Melbourne got a good midfield themselves. So yeah. um, so they showed that. And, you know, there's other teams. Brisbane, they've got a good midfield. So it'll be interesting to see how Brisbane go against Melbourne next week up in, well, potentially in Darwin. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm really looking forward to that game of footy, um, Melbourne-Brisbane, on some neutral territory too, so if it if it's played there. But what about um, who's going to win the Brownlow, Petrarca or Oliver or Gorn? I mean, throw a blanket over the three of them. Well, Clayton Gordon. Oliver, he's just – he's always been a great player, I reckon, since he started the comp. Uh, he looks a bit stronger. Uh, he's making better decisions now when he gets the ball. Certainly, his foot skills have improved. So, obviously, yeah, mate Choco has improved his kicking skills. <laughs> he, he's just elite, that kid. Like, he's now kicking goals. Like, the week before in Adelaide against Adelaide, he's had, what, 38 touches, three goals. You just can't stop that guy. He is just a machine. Um, he'd be one I'd be backing for the, uh, the Brownlow text. He's been super. They, could, at they the could take he's, votes off one another, Shane. Yeah, he's... Of those blokes. He potentially, but... If he start now to start to kick goals, it's going to elevate his performance. Has he been a good vote getter in the past? I don't recall him actually getting a whole heap of votes in the past. I reckon he did. I reckon um, he did last year. So that I was just going to check that. A surprising, yeah. I think he is a vote getter. So mm, interesting because he he's in and under, and then he's getting on the outside as well. He's just a machine. He gets his arms clear. His hands are good. He's a very very good player. He's certainly one player I'd have in my team at Dingley. At the dingoes, lucky, lucky. The after match interviews doesn't count towards the um, the vote, the vote analysis um, by the umpires. Lucky they don't hear those um, those interviews, mate. He's probably a very shy person, turtle. Hey? Very shy person. It's okay. Um, I'm not going to assess him on that. Just because our listeners will demand this, Petrarca finished equal third last year. 
um, on 20 votes and Clayton Oliver finished equal ninth on 14. Yep. So they both okay. get the umpire's attention. Yeah. And, and perhaps if one didn't do it as much as the other, um, Petrarca might have won. Interesting. Now, I don't they're, think... they're winning more games now. Sorry, Turtle. They're winning yeah. more games now, so um, they're not going to be out of the votes. Probably even, even the game they lost last week against Adelaide. They're, Oliver will probably, definitely probably get three votes. Tex, you wanted to say something about that. You read an article about their so-called team ethos. Um... I, I did. I read an article in, uh, in the page on uh, yesterday, I think it was, and it was Michael Gleeson wrote a piece around how um, what, what's changed at Melbourne and essentially the, the guts of the article was everybody knowing their part on and off the field and playing it and the guys admitted last year that when they were having a bad year some of them just broke team rules to be selfish because they made it about them and some coaches made it about them So, um, to, and you can see that I was looking for it last night given that I read the article every single person there just does their bit and that old saying about teams and together everyone achieves more. How um, <laughs> how appropriate at Melbourne? They're they're four five fifty to win the flag. They beat Brisbane next week. They'll be three dollars. I don't think they will. But anyway, um, what about the the whole Richmond versus AFL um, battle that supposedly is going on? I heard Caro going on about it uh, during the week, and it probably culminated in that scenario where Shea Bolton got a fine uh, at the end for his um, involvement in the um, situation that happened at the nightclub uh, a couple of weeks ago. Any thoughts, lads? Well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a fight between the AFL and Richmond at the moment. I mean, Damien's made a couple of comments that he probably shouldn't, but um, is that, constitute a fight between the two of them? There's a war? I, I don't think so. Uh, well, I think I, I think Richmond have drawn attention to themselves. So g- given Damien Hardwick's comments about the, um, the company-owned stadium, that was never going to fly. But there's something in that Shea Bolton thing. Uh, it staggers me that a club can let the guy off and essentially not give him any sanction, yet the governing body comes on and goes whack with 20 games. I reckon there's a whole heap about that that we don't know. Yeah, so the, the Richmond versus AFL thing comes from way back to last year um, and the AFL uh, being um, very antsy about how Richmond were behaving um, going into the hubs, um, when they were in the hubs and when they contravened uh, what took place in those hubs. Um, the ongoing dialogue about the, the footy department cap and Richmond have been big opposers of that um, and Brendan Gale's been very, um, very strong on that in some of the so-called meetings with the AFL, and I think that's continued. And then he started the commentary about um, Richmond playing the home game at Marvel. Um, it finished up with Dimmer making that comment. Then last week, his comments about the umpiring at halftime, um, and and I just saw his press conference from Sydney just before we we, um, we started recording this and <laughs> he's tempered down just a little bit. And then the whole scenario about what's happened at, um, with this Shea Bolton thing, because um, for, for my 10 cents worth, I agree with you, Troy, there's some, something's happened, right? I don't know how the hell he goes from everything it seemed like the AFL had ticked off on it to all of a sudden a 20 grand fine because they still haven't told everybody what actually took place. Um, but the irony is, is last night, I don't know if you're where, which channel or medium you were watching the game on, but on one of the ads, so I think it was Channel 7, um, they've, they've gone to an ad and they've spoken about um, respecting women and don't accept behaviour where something's going on where women are being disrespected. And, and that's happened. And a Richmond player's gone and done that. And then the AFL decide to find them 20 grand and here they are being um, hammered about how they've handled women. But we'll talk about that a little bit later because um, there's a lot of shit going on in, in Gil McLaughlin's watch, mate. And, and that's just another another shonky scenario that's just taken place with that fine around Shea Bolton, if you ask me. I agree. There's something more to it for sure. Mm. But we're going to need to take a break to, um, um, to give our sponsors a word. Um, Shano, I think. 
I think someone's got something to say about you. This episode of The Coach and Tex was brought to you by Shane Morwood Consulting. Now, one of the things, Tex, we've forgotten to mention around Shano's activity is this culture coaching stuff that he does. I know he's done it previously when I was with him at, at Monia. Have, tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that he's been doing around culture coaching and, and some of the positive influence he's been having with your team. Well, he has, and uh, as I've said before, it's not something that we make mandatory, but Shane provides a service, and those who think that there's something in it for them, helping them be the best they can be. Um, we're a couple of weeks into that now, and I've had some really positive feedback from not only those that have been part of the coaching, but observations from others how people have changed. So if you want to change your behaviour or improve your leadership style, I suggest you get onto Shane Norwood via the LinkedIn the page. The LinkedIn page, that's exactly where you can find him, mate. And if you send him a direct message... He'll love to have a chat with you. Shane Moore Consulting. Thanks for supporting the Coach and Tex. Now, Shane, how, how good was that live read between Tex and I about um, Shane Moore Consulting, one of our loyal sponsors, right from 32 episodes ago? It's one of your um, best performances, you two. I was super impressed. Um, I, I'd even question whether you've had a few drinks, you two. <laughs> well, with some of the positivity that Tex gave you, I was... I was um, Oh, yeah. I'll tell you who could do with your help. St. Mm-hmm. Kilda. Um, moving Cost. on to our, our sixth talking point of the day. What about the shambles going on down there and the, and the fake um, selection criteria that um, Rats is running with? Threatening everybody, which I know you used to do on Mondays at Dingley with those little player reports that you'd send to them when you should have been working. You were writing up player reports. And then by Thursday, they were back in your good books and Nat was making dinner for them and all sorts of stuff down at the club. Is St Kilda running that sort of a show? We had the right formula. We would win. We win games at Dingley. Whereas St Kilda Kilda have recruited the world. Um, He's got the best list that they could conjure up over the last uh, two years. And we get their piss-poor performances, to be honest. Uh, I just... We mentioned Melbourne just previously texts about their selflessness and their commitment to each other. Um, they have a game plan. They're all committed, unlike the St Kilda Football Club right now. So the questions has to be raised to um, not only just Rats as a coach, but everyone else has been involved from a recruiting point of view. They're uh, way off the mark. Um, their expectation that they'd be uh, vying to win some silverware they haven't won for 55 years um, besides the wheelchair performance of the St Kilda wheelchair um, athletes recently. Um, it's appalling. I'm not sure where they're going. They're, they're, I think they're struggling to beat North Melbourne at the moment. I, I tell you, the worry for me with them is um, they're not when they lose, they get belted. You know, Richmond, 86 points. Port Adelaide, 10 goals. Um, Bulldogs just smashed them. Um, lots of questions. Big three weeks for them, North Melbourne, Sydney and Adelaide. Would want to win two out of the three, but they can't make the eight now for me for mine. They're gone. No, well, there's percentages in another game. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Taylor. Um, when you bring players from other clubs into the club, and they've had a lot of them over the last two years, um, it takes a fair bit of effort and focus to actually blend and mould them together. And it just looks like that's not happened. So, and Rats, he's a lovely bloke and comes across as that on the TV, but I've I've met him a couple of times and he is a ripper bloke, but there's a lot of work and effort and focus to get that group gelling together. And it just looks like that's not the case. They're just, they're so fragmented. It's not funny. Uh, I know we tend to take off on some coaches on this program at times, but you have heard me say the jury's always been out for me about Brett Ratton's capability. And um, now, now turtle, please. He, he, I'm not sure what his highest um, finishing position has been ever since he's been coaching, but he was what finals 19, uh, yeah, correct 2012 13, I think. I'm guessing, correct, yeah, yeah. correct. But but didn't didn't see it through at Carlton. And big question marks for me, I gave him the ass, mate. How can you see it through when the club gives him the ass and they employ one Michael Malthouse? Now, Shane, they wouldn't yeah. give him the ass, you silly man, if he was any good. They, well, they did, and that's how silly Carlton are. They've been silly for the last yeah. 30 years. Uh, he's no good, mate. 
turtle. Um, they're racing at Belmont, mate. Is what I'm... <laughs> Get on the seven. Get on the backers. <laughs> uh, one of my West Australian favourites, Bruce Almighty's running, mate. Um, the listeners, um... I told you they've been drinking these two, and they've had a couple, I tell you. They look very rosy in the cheeks. And turtles on something because he's got the whip cracking. <laughs> um, all I know is Mick Malthouse, whatever he touches um, after he left Collingwood when he was bitter and twisted, um, is no good. He's no good. Shatters. Oh, here comes Naughty by Nature, mate. It is going to get up. In there. Oh, this is Come on, compelling thing listening, that would be. Hey, um, oh. if we're done on St Kilda, if we're yes. done on St Kilda... What about um, the news of the week, Mick Warner, oh, who, oh. who's launched a book, Shane, called The Boys Club and has suggested mm. that there's been a bit of skullduggery going on in the AFL um, and the VFL with uh, poor behaviour towards women and harassment and bullying and in the workplace, this is, and suggestions that um, he kind of been beating to his own drum was a poor culture under Andrew Demetriou. It's become... It hasn't got any better under Gill, and maybe the commission might want to have a deep dive into a turtle and see what's going on there. Mate, I just love this stuff, right? Um, Gill, who's right, um, making all of his pompous statements about um, the Richmond Football Club, and, and he's um, overseeing this disaster that's going on. He's conflicted, um, basically lying about some of this stuff. And when I said earlier that there's this Richmond versus the AFL stuff, Peggy has gone. She's saying if that was my club and this is what was going on, I'd be wanting to be all over it. And Gil is not all over it because I think, Shane, you, you think that Gil might be part of the problem down there. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say, Turtle. He's not overseeing it. He's a part of it. He is the big issue. Now, Shane, just before you go on, adventurous, adventurous, may want to check in here. But but go on, man. Go on. I just... <laughs> Well, there's a few key key mail. You'd, um, you'd have to have enough listeners for that to be a concern, mate. But... Uh, Shane, I don't want to lose my house because you lead with your chin, but go on. Oh, well, mate, uh, let me tell you, the Indigenous Association of Australia are chasing you, mate. They're looking for you at the moment. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure um, a, a couple of barbs at the AFL is going to make that much of a difference. Sorry, Shane, do go ahead. So we know Simon Leflian and... I can't remember the other guy. Simkus. 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 Uh, who's one of Hutchie's mates who's now got a job at um, the Melbourne the Melbourne basketball team that he's involved with. Boys Club United. looking after each other. Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. We know why they were ousted uh, for inappropriate behaviour with some women in the AFL offices. Um, and well, the behaviour, uh, let's, let's just make that clear. Sorry, Shane, to interrupt. The behaviour yeah. so much um, that... Um, one was senior to another person. The fact that they were both married brings in a whole bunch of moral questions, but um, it was more around the issue that um, those particular females reported in to those guys. Well, when we talk about culture, and we've all three have been and are involved with um, big businesses, corporate uh, included, mm -hmm. culture, is, culture comes from the top. It's set, the standard is there, and it is behaved um, and expected by the leaders. That type of culture and behaviour in the AFL is fully responsible on Gil, and it was exposed a number of years ago, and if this book that's coming out is going to expose it further, then what is the commission doing then as well? Mm -hmm. Gil is well, one, the one, one of how many, I don't know how many on the commission, don't care really, but it says six, 10, 12, whatever. Where do they sit with this? And surely, is there a Royal Commission coming to the, the Commission of the AFL to oversee what is actually happening at that place? Well, what's the Goiter doing? What's he doing? Well, this will be the great test, right? So the criticism is that, that this culture in, in AFL House or in administration has been there for a while. But you're right, Shane, it's, the Commission can't ignore it. And I don't think they will. I think that you'll hear Richard Goiter come out and others and they'll have a bit of go at this. And, I mean, Gil has intimated that he may not be around for a long time. This might just be the catalyst to get Gil out. And um, I'd suggest that perhaps the next person who replaces Gil uh, may be 
not of male gender. Mm, maybe. Peggy. Oh, no, God, help us. Why would that be an issue, Troy? Well, I think it won't criteria, surely, to um, lead the game would have to be that you grew up with it or had a, an understanding of it. I mean, Peggy, the Canadian, wouldn't wouldn't know anything about the game, so she couldn't wouldn't be in the top 100 in this country to be eligible to be the CEO of the competition. I'd ask you to um, to be a little bit um, less um, condescending in the way you refer to her, mate. There, um, first of all, she's not Canadian, um, and what, maybe a little bit of respect she? would pay. Well, she's she's American. American. She's born an American. Fairfax, Virginia, mate. I'm not being critical of her. I'm just saying that she hasn't grown up with the game, so she yeah. wouldn't be. As if an exec- what she's done at Richmond, mate. If an executive search firm was going to make the appointment to replace Gill, Peggy wouldn't be there. And all this other stuff that's going on with Richmond, I think it'll it rule out Benny Gale as well. You're kidding, aren't you? Anyway, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. What about your, one of your more favourite topics, Tex? Um, as, we, as, we, as we go to the, the Jack Rewalt um, talking point, um, Sir Doug Nichols round. I mean, this is the greatest farce of all time, this Sir Doug Nichols round. It's been expanded to two rounds now, mate. It's the Doug Nichols rounds. So question for both of you, a bit of a race, right? Just let's work with me for a minute. Jump in first if you know the answer. How long have we celebrated Sir Doug Nichols round for? As the Sir Doug Nichols round or just in general the Indigenous round? Sir Doug Nichols round. Go on. Three. Seven. Incorrect. Six. Who was the who was the honour, you know, who was the flagship person for Sir Doug Nichols round this year? The flagship, what do you mean? But the the face of it. As in a player? Yeah, past or present. Me. Go on, Shane. Nicky Wimmer. No, it was Sid Jackson. Who was it last year? I'll help you out. Sid Jackson. I mean, you don't get to be the face of it two years in a row. And yeah. No, no. Why was why was that the case, mate? Do you understand why why that occurred? Because they said it because the games were played in hubs. No, it was because they didn't get to do it properly last year. He was an played no active role last year because of the way they 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 spread it out across the hubs. Um, so that's why he was asked again this time. Well, I tell you what, I found amazing. What's the issue with is, that anyway? The issue is why are we supporting it, and and why haven't we? If it's that important. Why aren't we actually playing on with it uh, this week? Why aren't we playing a game up in the Northern Territory? Because we can't get in. But, but why not? Because of the COVID That's scenario. Because Hawthorne was going up there to play Gold Coast. Gold Coast. So, but what we did do last night is we had the Bont walk into the centre circle with whoever it was from Melbourne. Someone was carrying a coconut. And someone May. Went, and someone was... and... Because um, I pick it. Because I pick it. Yeah. Someone was carrying a coconut and someone was carrying a hockey stick and they exchanged, they exchanged gifts in a COVID environment. They didn't wipe them down. They're trying to actually protect each other from getting the disease and they hand over foreign objects. And then on the ground oh, at Marvel... They're pre-wiped. On the ground at Marvel, they've written Wurundjeri across the top. They've denigrated the centre circle and made it look like some sort of creative flower. And then they've put at the bottom of it the word... Womanjika, I think that's how you pronounce it. Do you know what that means, Womanjika? No. It means welcome. And you know what it is? Womanjika is actually something that happens in mid-March each year to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people. If we're so committed to this, then put Womanjika where it belongs, which is on the ground in March, not stuffing around with it and doing it in May. Good chat. <laughs> Are you there? Are you there, Turtle? Or have you wandered off to Belmont or Broome or Toowoomba? Toowoomba, mate. Race three. Uh, it the, is. The Merv Keane handicap. The other thing is, last year, it was played in a completely different round to when it was played this year. We don't even know where it fits in the fixture. No, that's not correct, mate. Uh, that is correct? Yeah, well, last year, it was a 17-round season, right? So it was different. So this year, it's back to where it normally gets played. Late May. That's when it's always been played. Why late May? 
Well, because that's when they've done it. Well, what, what does it matter? I mean, I can't understand why there's an issue around celebrating the contribution that Indigenous players made to the game. That's, that's the origin, the genesis of the idea, which Kevin Sheedy led um, and one or two of his um, clubs that he's been involved with um, to, to lead that, which is how it started. And it started as an Indigenous game and became an Indigenous round. It's no different to the gay pride game, to the farmers game, to all these games that they're trying to um, bring into the competition. Theme. It's called just, the theme. Just it's called marketing, the, right? Just what the AFL should do is just concentrate on promoting the competition. And well, they are. La- last night, did you see the Indigenous strips? Did you see them? Well, yep. only one team had them. Uh, correct. My point exactly. Melbourne didn't even wear one. That's how serious they were about it. Do you know why? Do you know why, Tex? No. Yeah, there's a clash. There's a clash. They, they took They're your feedback back after the Essendon, the Anzac jerseys being a um, a clash, so they, they didn't want to cause you um, so much um, consternation while you were watching the game, mate. Well, I wonder how the Indigenous boy at Melbourne felt about not being able to wear an Indigenous strip in Indigenous round. I mean, it's it's just... It it's is over just two a weeks. Joke. It's over it's two a, weeks and they wear it yeah. next week. Oh, I can't wait to see it, Shane. I'm sure you won't. Are you there, Harry? I want to cross down to your live now to get a score in the St Kilda North Melbourne game. Mm. Shano, do you, um, you can double up as Harry. Wow, look at the score. It's 53 to 28. 18 minutes to go in the third quarter. St Kilda up by 25 points. Looks like they've blown a few chances there, Shane. 7-11 to 4-4. Goal kicking hasn't been great today. <laughs> I, I see a couple point? of the blokes who got a raz up from last week have um have done okay for them. Um, Jack Billings is having a crack. Uh, Mason Wood, who's come into the team, um, has scored a goal. Jackie Higgins. Mm. He's, he's, got, got, he's got, got not much talk about um, what is, uh, what's his name? Um, Dan Butler, mate. Uh, mm. Remember last year when all those um St Kilda people were carrying on about what a great pickup he was from the Premiership team and all that. Be lucky to get a game in the VFL team at Richmond at the moment, mate. And we've got the series out of our back end happening. Is he of Indigenous uh, background, Tex? Maybe he's gone walkabout. Why don't we move on to one of your more favourite topics, Tex? Um, Because next week we will give um, the Indigenous um, round and theme, because it does go over two weeks, a little bit more um, focus, shall we say. Shane's going to come up with his greatest Indigenous team since 2000. And Tex, tell us what you're going to do as part of your tirade next week. I'm going to name a team of the greatest Indigenous stuff-ups you've ever seen. (laughs) Should be a classic, mate. We'll compare back pocket, full-back to back pocket. We'll go through the whole lineup one by one, team by team. The difference between your back pocket will be you'll have a player that you'll build a case who can play the game. I'll actually discuss a player who's been caught with substances in his back pocket. That'll be the difference, Shane. We'll see who wins the wins the game. I, I sense a very entertaining um, look at both perspectives next week. Mm. And what about your other favourite topic, text the AFLW? You, you've got a few things to say about our friend um, um, Taylor Harris. Well, uh, not so much about uh, Taylor the individual. So apparently she's on the move from Carlton. But what I listened with interest was that. Um, She's haggling with the club over money and therefore, you know, potentially leaving. She's been a real marketing piece of AFLW because of that photo that was taken and she's not the only one. My question is, Taylor Harris brings people through the gate or did and the AFL don't seem to pay any marketing to Taylor Harris or any other AFLW player for the marketing they do. And I just wonder what your thought is, Shano, about whether there should be an element of AFLW players' contracts that is about marketing and bringing people through the gate, which is what the AFL want, and that that part of their contract should be excluded from the cap at the club because it seems to me like players clubs are paying a penalty for the better players in AFLW. No, well, I don't think there should be any um, marketing uh, dollars to an individual player because I don't think people are coming through the gates. Um, the quality of the games are improving, but that will come in time. They're like the um, 
the trailblazers are such for the next generations of young women that come into the game and they'll benefit from it just like the forefathers of the AFL men's game has had. So, no, she just shouldn't get any. But I think that the product will sell itself and people will uh, will buy tickets, will watch it on free-to-air or pay TV or go to the games when the quality is there. So I don't think uh, Taylor deserves any extra money. I mean, her breakdown of the money that she, apparently she's asking for, which is 150 k was $25,000 for payments of games um, and the rest broken down by her role potentially marketing for the club and whatever role she plays from a, a work colleague point of view in what area. So I just think it's too much money anyway. Twenty five grand for a girl that's kicked four goals in seven games and averages six touches a game. Like, Jesus Christ. Overrated. I think they feel like they're entitled, like the younger generation are coming through uh, these days and they're not entitled. They've done nothing, uh, have achieved nothing. Um, they're pioneers. Then be satisfied that they are playing the game and setting it up for the next generations to come. Uh, well, thank you for your feedback, Shane. <laughs> That's a full stop on that one, I would suggest to you, mate. And, and I, I suspect you've got an insight as to why he hasn't applied for any of the roles to coach one of the AFL W teams based off the, the economies there, mate. Correct. Um, we, might, we might just throw to one of those ads again. All right, <laughs> Shano, um, just in wrapping up, um, you... Um, you, you wanted to speak about a couple of coaches' futures um, or you put the question mark out there. Um, and uh, strangely enough, it, it's it's the Clarkson cohort, I would suggest to you here, mate, just looking at the names you threw up, um, starting with Clarko himself. Yeah. Oh, I think that uh, he and the club need to make a decision very, very quickly um, on where their future lies, what they both see, whether it's the same whether he needs to be or wants to be, he's the right person for that involvement. He's been there since 2005 slash six, I think. So it's a long time. Uh, I think they need to make the call because Sam Mitchell, who's waiting in the wings, presumably to take over his uh, the senior role there, uh, he needs to know. His contract finishes up at the end of the year. Uh, one year to go for Clarko. They need to make a call now. He either gets an extension, Clarko, or that's it. See you later. Don't get the one year one year next year. And we roll on with a new coach. Do you reckon you give him a time frame, Shane? If you're Jeff Kennett, do you say, hey, um, listen, mate, we want to know in a month's time, whether you, or a week's time, or, or do you just call it and don't give him any say in it? Oh, no, he needs to have a say in it. Um, it depends where, where the assessment is from the club on Clarko, how he's going, how he's managing the players, uh, where his energy is. So uh, is he making right decisions? We mentioned it the other week about when do you know when a coach is up? You know, what are the signs, inconsistency with his behaviours, uh, conversation, the direct communication to individuals and the group. So there's a lot of things to weigh up. So I'd be having those conversations with him now. And I would ex- probably expect it to already have commenced probably a few weeks ago. They need to know. They need to, they need to make the decision pretty quick. I reckon he might coach him to a victory later this evening. Oh, don't play tonight, though, eh? Yeah, mm. 7.40, I think. And what about the other two? Uh, yeah. Um, Simpson, I think I actually was going to put down as one of the ten things to talk about is the West Coast wobbles, mate. But you, I guess by 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 default, you're talking about Simo. Um, you got him in the well, gun. I think I, the, the way I see it with him is I, he's had such talented players at his disposal for a long time now, and I think he's just allowed them to actually play the game and just play on natural ability, which at times is okay. But when you're under pressure. You need to give them direction. They need to actually understand a process or a system that we're going to play to. You have to confine them, so to speak, to be effective. I just don't see that from them. And some of their better players are getting older. There's had a few key injuries. And I think we've seen that West Coast wobbles, if you want to call it turtle. I think we've seen that. And so I'm questioning whether he can actually coach, whether he can actually get the team to play to a structure, play to a system. Uh, 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 you, you have both. You've both been drinking. Oh. You know he coached. You know he's a premiership coach, don't you? Yep. Yeah. And you know that they're going to make the eight again, don't you? No. Oh. And you know that they've got some significant injuries at the minute, don't you? So other clubs. Mm. I think. Um, I agree. Premiership. With you, Tex. 
I think uh, they'll storm into I the eight. I just realised I'll have another drink, Turtle. Have another drink, Turtle. Sorry, mate. I was just um, just pipped at the line there at Toowoomba, mate. So I'm not happy about that. But Tex, thanks for that. That was a good good summary <laughs> of our friends at. Um, um, so I reckon we just let him be. Yeah, we're done, Rats. All right. Well, hey, um, you've let the bloke it, off the hook again. You, you, you've overlooked Stuart Dew again, you two. But anyway, we'll save him for another episode. Well, there's plenty of coaches to talk about. We can talk about Bucks if you want. But how much do you talk about him? Stuart Dew, you're always on his back. Yeah. I think they should both consider their futures in their current roles. Well, Stuart's won well, twice as many games as Bucks this year. It's going to end up being one of those seasons where they're the turnover, mate. So I think that there was a few who got got given um, a bit of um, scope because of COVID. But anyway, all right, mate. Our lovely chatting. Right. Our favourite part of the show, Shano. And if you want to get it, get involved. At not punching text. Oh, a little bit quicker. Text. Little bit you quicker. are, hey, mate. I'll tell you who gets the three votes um, over the last week for, for their activity. No, oh. Shane. No, um, good try, mate. I know uh, we can't get you to retweet the episode, uh, let alone read what the other tweeters are saying. But Tex, <laughs> Tex what about those live crosses on Twitter Harsh, were conducted from the Gabba last Friday night with um, Nugget? Did you see he's gone on there, mate? He was um, he was so excited to be doing the live crosses. He felt like he was a boundary rider. He was he was up and about, Nugget. At one stage there, I thought he was going to have to be admitted the way he was so excited. Mate, he all he drank was Cokes um, all night, mate. And um, he really enjoyed the one-two routine we ran in the box there in, in Brisbane last week. Old Nugget 21. But I'll tell you someone else who was impressed with Nugget's activity. Go on. Detroit Diva. She was all over it, mate. Did you see some of her commentary around wanting to invite him? And she actually wanted to invite him down to somewhere in Dingley. So we're starting to get a clue as to where Detroit Diva might actually live. She said, next time you're around the streets of Dingley, come and see me. Really? Um, I'll show you a good time. Do you know the Detroit Diva, Shano? No, I don't. Mm. Shano, maybe maybe you may be more active on Twitter than what we thought. How many (laughs) aliases do you have, mate? Maybe more active, but not on Twitter. (laughs) I I, I tell you who I saw doing some impressive work during the week was Mr. Beanbag. Wowee. Was he? Oh, he was going nicely. Well, I must have missed that. He must have been DMing you, mate. Ah, uh, well, uh, what happens on Twitter stays on Twitter. Doesn't it? <laughs> That's good. Uh, hey, um, for, for our tweeters, there is, um, there is some movement. There's, there's controversy in the tipping competition, Turtle. Really? Well, I've, um, I've gone to the fine print. Now, we were very clear because it was just you two left in the competition that you had to get your tips in early. And Shane, you've been very disciplined in getting yours in, and you chose Brisbane this week. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, and and Zoran, uh, as John would say, Turtle, you can't have Brisbane. And so if you are not going to play by the rules, we're going to have to eject you from the ball game. Are you, are you there, Turtle? I'm is here, it, Tex. Is that the eye that I usually give, the eye of the stinky eel? It's the eye of the stinky turtle, though. The I choose not to respond to that, mate. They're not rules. They're, they're things that you've just come up with on the run. But if that's Shane. how you choose to run a competition, that's fine. Shane. There's Shane. plenty of games to select from, turtle. Shane, for my credibility, please. The rules were the rules, were they not? Yeah, we created the rules about a month or so ago. Okay. Well, then maybe our Twitters, tweeters could get on Twitter and tweet to give... Um, Turtle some advice about who he should choose in the remaining matches, but he cannot have Brisbane. There'll only be one person I'm taking advice from, Tex, and I've I've come into <laughs> his um, wisdom. I've come into his wisdom only over the last week or so. Who's that? Lord Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> have You're you fired. seen him? Have you seen him? This is not an impromptu smidgen of a segment for Turtle TV, but Lord Sugar, my goodness, has he impressed me with some of his um, boardroom antics. Um, <laughs> he, he, would, he would fit in beautifully down there at the boardroom at Yarraville, mate. Maybe uh, you should take over the AFL. 
the, the, maybe we could get him on. We could see if we could get him uh, on well, because I, I do like the cut of his jib. Uh, what I would suggest is Lord Sugar would go very well with Lord Sour over there, mate. So, <laughs> um, so if, if Lord Sugar says that these rules are in play, then I'll play by them. But otherwise, I'm out, Tex. If that's what you're going to do, I've been, I've been bullied out of the competition, clearly. Ah. You've yeah, changed you the been... rules? Yeah, yes, it is, mate. You just cannot put up with the fact that Shane and I come turn up every week, sled you and whatever else, play by the rules, and then you come up with bullshit to just try and expedite the completion of the competition. I won't have a bar got, of it, mate. It's got nothing to do with me. I was out I of the tipping competition early. Shane and you were last two in, and I'm declaring Shane the winner. Congratulations, Shane. Show me the money. Thank you very much, Jax. Thank you, Turtle. Okay. <laughs> if, that's, if that's how you're going to play, I've told well, you. You've got 10 seconds live on air. Do you want another tip this weekend? Hey? Do you want another it's, tip? It's got nothing to do with being on air or off air, Tex. I gave you my tip. I tipped Brisbane. They won. As far as I'm concerned, I'll be loading up again for next week. Unless well, you've changed, changed the rules midstream, then that's what's happened. It's a rather sad way to end our, our special impromptu COVID lockdown weekend blitz episode, Tex. I'll be calling on Ventress to make a ruling. Fair enough. As, well, as you know, I know who I'll be calling tonight, guys. Who? When you log. <laughs> I got plenty of money to spend on a nice meal for the missus and myself. Well, in all seriousness, um, our Twitters, tweeters, I get that tweeters. wrong all the time. Yeah, our tweeters stay you active tweet. during. during Stay active during the last few days of lockdown. Let's hope it's only a few more days, eh? Well, well um, and our next recording, we should be out of lockdown, I think. <laughs> right? So, so we'll see how we are. We've got a special guest. We just want to make sure he still wants to turn mm. up. We'll see what happens. All right, boys. It's been great chatting. Love it. Great to see you guys. Stay I'm safe and don't forget about the QR code. They say I'm QR off. code everywhere, oh. boys, girls, ladies, oh. gentlemen. I'm off to unbog the mower. Everyone. <laughs> See ya. See you guys. <laughs>